0: Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.org church.
1: God, we stand in your presence today just in awe of the things that you've done for us. God, thank you for this season. You sent your son to die for us. God, thanks for that picture of who you are. That you don't abandon us. You don't expect for us to fend for ourselves or make up for our own sin. God, you sent your son to die for us. So God, would that simple phrase we sang be true of each of us this morning? Would you be our joy? Would we delight in you? God, not just for what you've done for us, but for who you are. So God, as we open your word this morning, would you give us a better picture of that, of who you are? Help us to draw closer to you. We wanna seek your face. Thanks for being present in this place. We love you, we trust you, we worship you. Would you be honored and glorified this morning? We pray all that in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Our teaching this morning comes out of the book of Luke. If you have your Bibles, open them up to the book of Luke, chapter 2. If you don't own an easy to read copy of the scriptures, if you don't have a Bible that's your own uh, copy, It's easy to read. We would love to give you one. So if you'll stop by the starting point center on your way out in the lobby this morning, say, hey, can I have one of the Bibles? They'll hook you up. That'll be yours to keep. We want to make sure anybody who wants a Bible uh, can have a Bible. You may be reading digitally this morning. That's great. You may be reading uh, paper and and, uh, ink. That's great as well. Let's go to God's word together. In Luke chapter 2, here in the Christmas season, we're going to start in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So where's the nearby? It's nearby to Bethlehem. This is where Mary and Joseph have come in, in response to the order that they had to show up for the census. And there were so many people crowding into Bethlehem that there was no room for them in the inn. So the, they were provided some space with the animals. Um, it was... It was there in the feeding trough and where the animals kind of a stable, probably likely the entrance of a cave uh, that had just been reinforced a little bit. But Mary and Joseph are there and Jesus is born and the shepherds, are nearby. So they're just outside of town. Um, it could be, some scholars have wondered if maybe these shepherds were watching over the the lambs that were to be sacrificed as part of the, uh, the, 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 the ceremonies that were going to happen with the people all in the town over the weekend. Um, but it says some interesting things happened. Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were Terrified. So let's remember that that angels are created beings by God and they are primarily his army and his messengers. The angels do battle for the Lord. The angels go before God's people. The angels um, rout and thwart the schemes of the enemy and the armies of the enemy. Uh, Spiritual beings are real. And there is our God. And he has his angels and the this angel shows up, and it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. There is a literal brightness. They were probably shielding their eyes at this point in the middle of the night. So get that picture out away from town, uh, among the quiet sheep, and there maybe off in the, in, in a little bit of a distance, you can see the quiet little soft glow of Bethlehem uh, off in the distance. And into the darkness, the shining brightness of the glory of God comes, and there's an angel. And it says they were terrified. They were terrified for a lot of reasons. They were terrified because, are we in trouble? (laughs) Uh, They were terrified, like, what's the message going to be from God? Because sometimes the messages are happy, and sometimes they're like, "Uh, you're toast, They were terrified because the brightness of the Lord showed up, and that is not a small thing. This is not just a little glowing flashlight. This is not just a few lumens. This is the brightness, the essence, the shining of the great perfections of God. And that was shining all around them in the night as they were there, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people." I love that there's some sensitivity here. God is sensitive to what terrifies us. God is sensitive to what may cause us to panic a little bit. And here is a messenger from God saying to these shepherds, don't be afraid. And as always, if in most of these cases, God, God is not saying to them, you're being a bad person right now by being afraid. Stop it. He's not scolding them. God is saying, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. I'm bringing you, what does the Bible say? What kind of news? Good news. I'm bringing you good news. This is a happy meeting we're having right now. God has sent me on a mission and I get to bring you some amazing news. And he says, don't be afraid for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for how many people? All the people. I want to remind you today, that God has come into the world to bring good news to all. And It doesn't matter what their past is like. It doesn't matter what their present is like. God has come to bring good news for all. He's come to bring good news for that person at your school who just seems so hard of heart. He's come to bring good news for that neighbor of yours who just seems to be really living in sin to the fullest. God's come to bring good news for that annoying cousin of yours that you're going to see in a day or so at Christmas. God's come to bring good news for all people who've sinned in any way, shape, or form. No one is too far from God. This is our great news at Christmas. God has come to bring great news that will cause great joy for all the people. Verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. This is the angel announcing this. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. God has given to you a Savior. A Savior who's going to save you and your soul, a savior who's going to save you for present life, but also into eternity. And these shepherds aren't fully understanding any of that, but what they're hearing is the Messiah has come. You have been waiting. You have been longing. You know the prophecies. You know the words of the scripture. You have been waiting for the promised one. He's coming. And he's not just any person. He's not just a good man. He's not just another Elijah. He's not just another Moses. He is the Lord. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. That's not that what that word Christ means. The anointed one. So put all that together there in that verse. Today in the town of David, a Savior is given to you. And he is the one you've been waiting for. The Lord. He's God himself. I wonder if you could be aware in your own life what it is you're longing for and waiting for. I wonder if you could maybe even put words just between you and God, if you could put words of what you're really longing for. Longing for some loneliness to be filled. Longing for some of the guilt of your past to be wiped away. All kinds of longings in this room this morning. The one you've been waiting for has already come. And there's nothing else better. And the one who has come, his name is Jesus. And he can fill the biggest gap, the biggest void, the biggest hole in your heart. He will be fully satisfying in your life more than any other person could be. So you may be thinking, I'm just waiting for a relationship. I want to fall in love and get married and have the happily ever after. And that is a great thing, and that is a good thing. And and I believe marriage is a a great, great, wonderful thing. Go for it. But don't put your hope in that person answering the longings of your soul. Because the only one who can fill that has come, the long-awaited one, the Messiah. And he's the Lord. He's not just kind of good at it, he's not just okay, he is the Lord. God with us. We sing Emmanuel at Christmas, which is what that word means, God with us. God himself has come to be in our lives. And if you will believe in Jesus and ask him to forgive your sins, and if you'll follow him as the Lord and leader of your life and become his disciple, he will make you clean on the inside out. He will forgive everything you've ever done, and he will fill up all the empty places of your soul. That doesn't mean that you'll always have a smile on your face or any kind of sense of external happiness 24-7. Christian people, disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, we all still struggle with hard days, amen? We still wrestle with fear. We still wrestle with doubt. We still feel the grief that comes with loss, We still feel the disappointment, the betrayals, the the rejections that come into our lives. The filling up on the inside is what sustains us through all that's happening on the outside. So the Messiah has come. The one you've been waiting for has come. He's the Lord. Verse 12. And this will be a sign to you, shepherds. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And the word sign here does not mean some supernatural moment like a burning bush kind of a moment, some sort of supernatural sign. What it means is here's how, you know who, how you'll know how you know who this is. When you go looking through Bethlehem, you're going to find this baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. That's the one. That's him. So... Suddenly, into this moment, there out in the night among the animals, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying. Now, in this verse, it says the heavenly host appeared. That's a military term. The host are the, the, the company, the army of the, the soldiers of God. This was a massive... Show of force kind of moment. And the army of God, the angels of God, what are they doing? They are praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And the old King James, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So the armies of God showed up in this moment you thought they were terrified before as the light of the glory of god shone in the darkness outside of bethlehem now the heavenly hosts have come and this is a massive group and their word isn't doom and gloom is coming their word isn't you better watch out their their word isn't any sort of intimidation or threat their word is glory to god peace to the earth, on whom God's favor rests. What is favor? Favor means that God is for you. It means that God is on your side, that God is with you, behind you, cheering you on. God's favor. God is is there for you. God is with you. And what the, uh, the host of angels are announcing to the shepherds that is to be the news that's going to cause great joy for all people, what the angels are announcing is is that God likes you. God is for you. The announcement of Christmas is, is that God's not mad at you. We're about to show you how much God loves you. He's giving you his only son. And these shepherds didn't understand it. They didn't fully know it. But Jesus came to be born, to live a sinless life, on a mission to give himself as a sacrifice for your sins and for my sins on the cross. And here's this big, dramatic announcement. Can you just hear the voices of the army of God coming out of the heavens? Glory to God in the highest of heavens. And on earth, peace to all on whom God's favor rests. Even the old translation of goodwill toward men fits here because this is the idea that God has goodwill toward you. Christmas is the best time of year because we get to recognize the announcement of the good news that's going to cause great joy. Christmas is when we are reminded that we don't have to fear God because he is for us. He is with us. He is behind us. He is ahead of us. He is supporting us, cheering us on, encouraging us. God has made a way for us to be saved and forgiven, to have a relationship with him, to have a family of faith on the earth, to have eternity in heaven. God has made a way, and this is the announcement. Because Jesus is the way, amen? It's the only way. So into this dramatic moment, all of this is heaven. I, I, it's happening. All this, this, the loudness of it and the brightness of it had to be extraordinary. And these shepherds who were just outside of the town, when those angels went away and it was dark again and quiet again, do you think that they were immediately talking or was there a moment where they were just looking at each other like, God had not spoken to the people of Israel in a lot of years. Most scholars would say it's close to 400 years. So here was an announcement from God, and people had been longing, and people had been waiting. People had been so hungry to hear from God. And when they did hear from God, it caused a reaction and a response in them. Verse 15 When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger." And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. They didn't spread the word only that we found a baby in a manger, we found a baby in a manger, because people would have thought that was weird. Good for you, first of all. Second of all, why is the baby in a manger? That's not normal. They spread the word about what was told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. God has spoken to us. God has broken his silence. God has not forgotten his people. God has come with great news. Here's the news. Today, a Savior has born for all of us, for you and for me, a Savior has been born. They spread the word concerning all that had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, sometimes you can read that verse and you think, "Well, this is Mary scrapbooking the moment in the manger. This is major Pond- Mary pondering and treasuring all these kind of things." This is not uh, probably what was going on in the mind of Mary. Mary is thinking through the implications of this little one is the announcement from God. This little one, my little one, is the Savior. Whoa. That's probably what she was contemplating, the weight of this word not just the tenderness or the sweetness of this word. Verse 20. Last verse. The shepherds returned, so they kind of went back home, but look as they went. They were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So they went home in response of praise and glorifying God because of the announcement and the birth of Christ. I want to give us uh, a few things to look at this morning together, just to um, kind of put some thoughts around this Scripture passage today here at the Christmas season. Uh, I want to give you five things. Here's the first one. Do not be afraid to hear from God, because His favor rests on you. Do not be afraid to hear from God, for His favor rests on you. Maybe you can access some of the files in your memory bank right now and think back to a time when you may have gotten in trouble at school and you had the reality of needing to tell your parents about that when you got home. And you were thinking, I, I, I don't want to go in there and talk to them. I don't want to go in there and tell them because I, I, I know what's coming. I, I am afraid to talk to them. And it's not that you thought that your parent was going to end your life. It's not that you thought your parent was going to throw you in a dungeon. It's just that you knew a reaction was going to come. Some discipline was going to come. And in that very moment, there is still love. Let's all rally around that. That that the idea of discipline is because your parent loves you. When your parent punishes you, when they discipline you, when your parent shows you consequences, that is a good thing. That is a parent loving you. And none of us should fear going before God, and there will be discipline some days. There will be moments where God says, you and I need to have a conversation. And you've been running into this area of sin And I need to communicate to you through some difficulty, through some discipline, I need to communicate to you that that's not going to fly. I need need to, to work in your life and establish some things in your life so that you don't grow up to be a spiritual brat. God will discipline us but every time he does, it is out of love because the Bible tells us the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. Don't ever fear hearing from the Lord. Don't ever fear going to the Lord in humble repentance Be specific as you own up to the details of your sinfulness. Go to God with your confession. Go to God and say to him, this is what I have done and I am so sorry. Don't ever fear talking to God or hearing from God because his favor rests upon you and there's nothing you could ever do. Everybody listen to this. There's nothing you could ever do that would cause God to stop loving you there's nothing you could ever do that would turn off the faucet of God's grace that flows to your life. Don't ever fear. Well, you may think, well, it's been months or it's been weeks since, uh, weeks or years since I've read my Bible, since I've been in church, since I've thought about God, since I've said no to these sins. I've just been letting them run free in my life. It's been a long, 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 long time. Don't ever fear going to the Lord because His favor rests upon you. He is for you. He is with you. He is cheering you on, and he loves you. And if you've believed in Jesus, then you are his son or his daughter, and he will never stop loving you. Never. Don't ever fear going to the Lord. Don't ever fear hearing from him, for his favor rests on you. Number two, God's good news is about his grace, his undeserved kindness. God's great news that the angels announced to the shepherds, this great news is about his grace. And you may say, well, how do do we get there? Well, the great news has come. A Savior has come to you and for you, so you don't have to try to save yourselves. Because you can't save yourself. You cannot erase the sin. You cannot release yourself from the grip of sin. You cannot earn your way. You cannot clean yourself up. You cannot do enough good things to be made right with God. You cannot save yourself. So here is the undeserved kindness. Here's a Savior for you. This is the great news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I were helpless and hopeless to save ourselves, but in kindness... Jesus came for us. Is that good news? That's great news. It's great news. It is undeserved kindness. God has not dealt with us according to what we deserve, but he has poured out kindness upon us. Let's never get over that. Let's never think, oh, that's elementary and basic. Let's cling to that, amen? Because I don't know about you, but I still need the grace of God in my life every single day and it is so massive it is deserving of recognition and praise every day for eternity what god has done for his people his rebellious his forgetful his sinful his wicked his inconsistent people what god has done for us is mind blowing it's outrageous a Savior has come, and it is great news, and it's about grace. Let grace have its work in your life so that you rest and stop trying to earn what is already yours. You do not have to work and try to keep lists of good things and avoid lists of bad things in order to earn the love of God. You already have the love of God in Christ Jesus. You don't have to work and struggle and strive in order to make yourself right with God. If you've believed in Jesus, you are right with God because the righteousness of Christ is on your life. So let grace have its daily work in your life. Every single one of us ought to open our eyes in the morning with great news. <laughs> great news. I am right with God. And we ought to close our eyes at the end of the day with great news. Nothing I've done today or failed to do today has changed God's love for me. I live in the grace of God, the undeserved kindness of God, the favor of God. That's great news. And Christmas is that moment. Christmas is the announcement, the coming, the, the initiation of grace into the world. You don't have to save yourself, a Savior has been given to you. Number three grace can cause great joy, and it's on the inside. I talked about this a few minutes ago. Uh, Behold, we bring you great news of great joy for all people. Great news that's going to cause joy in all people. And it's not external joy. Joy is an inward confidence, an inward resting, even though there's chaos going on. Joy is an inner Optimism, when you are worried about all the circumstances that have to line up, joy is a quiet confidence in God, not in yourself. Joy is birth on the inside. Now, we ought to be people of joy. Paul tells us to rejoice, and again he says, rejoice. We're to be rejoicing all the times. We're to be externally joyful. We are to be externally joyful declaring our confidence in God yes there's chaos swirling around there's sickness swirling around there's circumstances swirling around there's uncertainty swirling around but on the inside my hope is not in me my hope is not in somebody else doing stuff for me my hope is in my God and he will never ever let me down so you better believe it right now there's a smile going on on the inside and we need to let that out too. We need to let that joy, that quiet confidence spill out to others. How can you be at peace with all that's happening in your world? Well, let me tell you. I live in the grace of God, and I believe that God has a plan, and I have no clue how it's going to turn out, but I trust him. He's never let me down. He's never let me down. Christmas is when we get to celebrate that our relationship to the God who can do anything who has a plan for all things our relationship with the God is not based on us it's based on him our relationship with him has come so great news that produces inward joy if you're thinking, well, I believe in Jesus, but, but I'm still struggling, welcome to life on the fallen planet Earth. Sin is is running. Sin has brought all kinds of consequences. There's a corruption that's come in the earth. Death and war and sickness and evil and violation and sex trafficking and and abuse and divorce and hatred and murder. All these other kind of things. All these twisting of the beauty of God. All that's come because of sin. And all of us have to live in it. We are living in this air of a corrupted world. And sometimes it's hard and brutal. And sometimes tears are appropriate. I want to be really clear here. Joy on the inside doesn't mean there's an absence of tears on the outside. Joy is that inner settledness even when you're unsettled. Joy is birthed. It's caused on the inside by grace. So picture yourself in a moment, you're in a situation of difficulty, something's really, really, really hard, it's difficult, it's challenging, it has just taken the wind out of you. That inner confidence becomes the moment when you say, I don't have to worry that God might not help me because I haven't been very good lately. Because my relationship to him is based on grace not performance <laughs> so in the middle of this tough i don't have to fear because grace produces joy we are a people of hope not in us but in god And the bridge of this relationship is grace. And that grace creates an inner, quiet, calm, confidence, peace, joy, a smile on the inside, knowing that God's got it, that God's at work. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I trust Him. Amen? So cling to that. And I think some of you were brought here this morning for that word specifically today. Some of you were brought here today because you're in a tough situation and you've been thinking, oh no, I haven't been well behaved lately, so this probably isn't going to work out. God brought many of you here this morning to be reminded, your relationship to him is not based on performance, It's it's based on grace. So let joy come up. Number four, each of us needs a Savior. Each of us needs a Savior. Everyone needs to understand that. It's so important that we realize that every single person except Jesus has sinned. Every person who's ever lived except Jesus has sinned. We have gone against the ways of God. We have violated what he wants for our lives. We have violated what he has outlined as the way we should go. And because of that, we need a Savior. We need someone to deliver us from a couple of things. Number one, the guilt of our sin, and number two, the grip of our sin. We need God to deliver us from the guilt of our sin. Because we've violated, because we've disregarded, because we've rebelled, because we've sinned, we have put ourselves in a position under the rightful judgment of God. But those who believe in Jesus are forgiven and no longer under judgment, but are fully brought into relationship with God as his son or daughter. Everyone needs a savior from the guilt of our sin, but also from the grip of our sin. There is no power in us to break free of all of the desires and cravings and longings of the flesh. All the bodily, human, tendencies to lean against god the human tendencies to to go the way of twisting what is beautiful into something perverted or to twisting a blessing into making it about selfishness all of those there's nothing in us that has the power to break free in that only god has the power to break to set you free from the grip of sin on your life everyone needs to be saved so here's the point here at Christmas time. Have you made Jesus your personal Savior? I, I don't mean, does your mom or dad believe? I, I don't mean, do you go to church? I, I don't mean, have you been a good person lately or do you give money in the giving basket? I, I don't mean any of those things. But have you personally, individually, you gone to God and said, I have sinned against you, but you have shown me undeserved kindness. And so I am asking you to forgive me. And I want to believe in Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. I believe he died for me. I believe he is alive, that he rose again. And I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus with my life. Have you done that? Have you been saved from the guilt of your sin? And have you been set free from the grip of sin on your life? If you haven't, do it right now. Right where you sit. You don't need magic words. You don't need some ceremony. There in the inner part of your heart where your believing, believing, believing happens. What you really believe, just say to God, God, I know I have sinned against you but you have shown me love and forgiveness and grace by sending Jesus. And I want to believe in him. I want to be forgiven. I want all the guilt wiped away in Christ. And I want to be set free from the grip of sin on me. And I want to be a Christian. Just say that to God right where you sit, and you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody needs a Savior. And there is no family plan. There is no hey, oh I'm I, I'm with them. There is no well I went to church that doesn't save. Only believing, which the Bible calls faith, only putting faith in Jesus leads to salvation. Do not be afraid to hear from God because His favor rests on you. God's good news is about His grace, His undeserved kindness, and grace can cause great joy on the inside. Each of us needs a Savior. Number five, the right responses to all this good news, great news. The right responses are to spread the good news, then glorify and praise God. Spread the good news and glorify and praise God. Some of you have an easy way to spread the good news this week. You have a little invite card that says, home for Christmas. Christmas Eve services are happening Tuesday night at 4.30 p.m. at my church. Come. That's just the easy way, easy, super easy way to spread the good news. Hey, if you don't have any plans for Christmas Eve, come hang out with us. Come be a part of our Christmas Eve service. It's super easy to spread the news because you know what's going to happen at Christmas Eve? We're going to have our band, Josh, again, is going to be our band, and it's going to be great. And we're going to sing some songs to the Lord and about the Lord. And we're going to sing some Christmas songs, but we're also going to lead things to a moment where we lift up Jesus. It's not all going to be about Santa Claus and reindeer. It's going to be about Jesus. And if you want to help spread the good news like the shepherds did going around, let me tell you, let me tell you what has come. Great news has come, and it's for all the people. Give some invites between today and Tuesday and invite those people to come and be a part of our recognition that grace has come to all people. But some of you are going to be around family at the holidays, and there'll be a little downtime uh, between meals, like like in that 30-minute gap, we eat every 30 minutes, right? During holidays, that's kind of the way it goes. There'll be some, some gap in that meal time, and everybody will just kind of be on their phones, and you may find yourself sitting in a comfortable chair with the football game on in the background, and you're sitting next to some other relative uh, in an easy chair, and you're both kind of on your phones. And maybe that'd be a moment where you would just kind of pause and go, Hey, can I ask you something? Where do you stand with, like, church and God? And just be quiet and give the opportunity for a conversation to happen where you get to spread the good news, not where you get to inspect their life, not where you become their judge, not where you begin to tell them how they should live, but you are looking for an opportunity to say, listen, great news has come into the earth, and I didn't deserve it, and you don't deserve it, but great news has come, and God's not mad at you, God is for you, and I want to tell you about who Jesus is, and I want to tell you that a Savior has come. And I just want to do it quietly and casually. And it may be 20 seconds, it may be 20 minutes. And it may be the moment where they say, you know, I've never personally believed in Jesus. And it may be right there in the easy chair with the football game in the background. It may be the moment when they believe in Jesus. It also could just be you are one more seed planted in the line of seeds being planted that is someday going to spring into faith. But the right response to Christmas is to spread the good news. That's what the shepherds did. When the angels went back into heaven, they didn't just sit around and go, man, that was awesome. Now let's go. Let's go tell some people about this. Let's go tell. God has spoken into the mess of our world. Oh my goodness, does that not relate to 2019? God has spoken into our mess. God has spoken into our helplessness. God has spoken into our powerlessness. God has spoken into all of our bickering and division and war and mistreatment and perversion and abuse. God has spoken. God has spoken. And what is his word? Great news. That when it gets inside of a person can cause joy from the inside out. Great news. You don't have to try to save yourself my goodness, great news. The Savior has come. The way we have responded to God as a, as a race of people, as mankind, as men and women, what we deserved from heaven was for that army to draw their swords and come at us. For we have defied and offended disregarded the purest of the pure, the most loving of loving. We have rejected God. But the announcement from heaven wasn't drawn swords and battle cries. It was, don't be afraid. God's favor is on you. And he's given you something. He's given you a Savior. You know what you deserve. Here's what you get. The right response to Christmas is to spread the good news. Well, well, I don't know how they're going to react. That's between them and God. I don't think this is the right topic to bring up at the dinner table when 20 people are seated around but in a quiet moment riding in a car or throwing a ball in the backyard or sitting, watching the game just a little question to see if you might have the moment, might have the opportunity to play a small part in someone's story of hope you might have the moment to tell them what you've heard and seen and experienced. The Bible tells us the shepherds, they went back to their home for Christmas. They went back to their home glorifying and praising God. Let's not let the bigness of the Christmas moment get lost in the Christmas moments. Worship the Lord. Worship. For all eternity, we're going to be talking about the unbelievable choice of God to step into our mess with the gift of His own Son. Let's glorify Him long before we get to heaven. Let's praise Him in this season. Are you grateful to God today? Hello? Are you grateful to God that He has not given you what you deserve? Are you with me that this news is is mind-blowing? That our relationship with him is about favor, not performance. So that we don't have to fear. If you got chaos happening in your life right now, unresolved circumstances, sickness, uncertainty, struggle, loneliness, darkness, emptiness, I'm praying for you this moment, in this moment, that you would step back into a quiet confidence of God and His ability and His plan, that there'd be peace in your soul. Because God's favor is on you. He's for you. He's with you. He's on it. He sees it. He's at work always for His glory and for your good. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for a second. Just take a deep breath and let it out. And just with your eyes closed, just between you and God, what do you need to respond to Him with right now? Maybe it's just praise. Maybe it's just being thankful. This is a moment for personal prayer. For your response to God. And if you didn't do it a minute ago, if you've never made Him your Savior, maybe you want to do that now, just right where you sit. God, I've sinned. Forgive me. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the great news. Because we know what we deserve. We were lost. But you came for us. And now we're found. We were, we were just flat out blind. We couldn't see. And now we know Jesus. Thank you, God, for your grace.